Our uh, text today for our message is in Matthew chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, you might want to turn there, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14. Philosopher and statistician Larry Loudon has devoted his entire life to the study of risk management. He even published a book that's called The Book of Risks, Fascinating Facts About the Chances That We Take Every Day. And basically, as he studied Americans, Loudon discovered that the average perception of what an American considered a risk varied greatly from reality. He said, too often we end up preparing ourselves for improbable risk while failing to take precaution against more likely ones. He summarized his findings into 19 different principles. I'm not going to bore you with all of them, but the first one is the most important. And he says, number one, everything is risky. So he said, if you're looking for absolute safety, that you have chosen the wrong species. It's part and parcel for human beings to experience and to take risks in life. For instance, he gave some examples. He said, you could stay at home fearing that most accidents happen outside the home, but then you can become, Mr. Loudon says, one of the half million Americans that go to the emergency room every year because they fall out of bed. Or you could be one of the 600,000 people that require immediate medical attention because they hurt themselves on their family room furniture. He said, he went on, he said, you could cover your windows to keep people out so that you don't have burglars come into your house. But then he said, that might make you one of the 10 to 20 people per year who accidentally hang themselves with the cords of their window blinds. He went on and he said, or you could hide your money in your mattress because you're afraid of what the banks might do or the stock market. But if you hide your money in your mattress, you could become one of the 20 people each year who visit the doctor with paper cuts from handling their money. So I think you get his drift. Life is risky. And he's right. If you're looking for absolute safety, you've chosen the wrong species. I think our culture of safety poses a problem for some of us that want to be followers of Jesus. Why is that? Following Jesus is all about taking risks for him. I think Mr. Loudon was on to something that God's people need to understand. Listen to what he wrote. He said, you can live on bland food, excuse me, bland food so as to avoid an ulcer. You could drink no tea or coffee or other stimulants in the name of health. You could go to bed early and stay awake, uh, away from nightlife and avoid all controversial subjects so as to never give offense. You could mind your own business and avoid involvement in other people's problems. You could spend your money only on necessities and save all that you can, but in the end, you'll break your neck in the bathtub and it'll serve you right. So, do you realize that for most people, there's a great gap between where they are right now and who they thought they were going to be many years ago? And so I want you to do a kind of a hypothetical scenario with me right now. I want you to imagine yourself 15 years younger than you are now. And I want you to imagine yourself 15 years younger, sitting on one side of a coffee table 
with a cup of coffee in front of you. And across the table is you right now. Okay? And you're going to have a conversation with yourself. I want you to hypothetically ask yourself this question. How would you, 15 years ago, what would you, 15 years ago, say to yourself today? 15 or 20 years ago, what kind of aspirations did you have? What kind of potential did you see within yourself? What kind of gifts, what kind of dent did you want to make in the world? I want you to just kind of think about all of those dreams, all of those goals, all of that potential that is resident within you as a person. And then I want you to ask yourself this question to that person sitting across the table. What would they say to you today? What would that you from 15 years or 20 years ago say to you today? I don't know. I don't know what you would say to yourself, but I think... I might know what God would say to you. I think God would say to you something like, I created you to do something great with your life and not to just settle for who you are right now. I created you to live the best life possible. And so that's the title of our message today, The Best Life Ever, The Best Life Possible. And the interesting thing is that Jesus when he was with his 12 disciples, he knew that if they were ever to live their best life possible, if they were to do anything that mattered, he was going to have to to kind of root out and rip out one thing that stood in their way. And that was their addiction to safety, to being safe. So if you're in your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 14. This is our text for today. And we're going to jump right into the middle of this chapter in verse 22, and see what we can learn about this addiction to safety. In verse 22, it says, Jesus immediately made them get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now let me set the stage there for just a minute. Basically, here's what's happening. Jesus has been teaching and performing miracles in front of thousands of people right next to the Sea of Galilee. And he tells his disciples, he says, guys, I'm going to send all these people home. Why don't you jump in a boat and go over to the other side of the lake, and I'm going to catch up with you later. So basically, Jesus is preparing these guys for a very unique lesson. And so they take off in the boat, as Jesus told them to do, and let's pick it up in verse 23. After he had dismissed them, Jesus went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. And during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, 
and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is quite a dramatic account, isn't it? Quite amazing. This morning I want to share with you a few principles that I think we can learn from this story of Jesus and his guys out on the Lake of Galilee. These truths that could help us to live our best life ever. And so if you have an outline in your program, you can take that out if you'd like. You can follow along there. I want to just share with you three truths that I see in this text. Number one, the first truth is this. Jesus is available. Jesus is available. Best life people, people who live their best life, know that they will never stray so far that Jesus can't find them. This is really important for us to learn, particularly for those of us on a spiritual journey. You know, on just about any journey, there's usually some drift. People spiritually drift. It just sort of happens at times. Now, when that happens, most people don't drift towards Jesus. Instead, we're more likely to drift away from Jesus, towards disobedience that we might call freedom. We drift towards superstition and we call it faith. We enjoy the lack of self-control in our life and we call it relaxation. We slide towards godlessness and we convince ourselves that it is all because we have such great freedom as we slowly drift away. But the message from this passage is that there is no place that you are going to go that is too far that Jesus can't find you. Jesus is available. I want you to look at verse 24 and 25 again with me. Think about this desperate situation these guys in the boat are in. I don't know how many of you have ever been out on a boat in the ocean, but there's an eerie feeling that you get when you no longer can see the land. You lose sight of the shore. And that's exactly what the disciples are experiencing. The text says, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land. Let's just consider some of the phrases here. How about that first phrase, a considerable distance. This meant that these guys were probably halfway across that lake. The lake's eight miles wide. They're out in the center of the Lake of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. But that's not the worst part. Not only were they so far from shore that they didn't see anybody, but they didn't see any other boats. And then there's another phrase there. It says that they were buffeted by the waves. Buffeted. That's an interesting word. In the original language, in in the first century, it's the same word that referred to somebody being tortured. A Roman soldier. When they wanted to torture someone, they'd take a whip or a a belt or a sword and hit the person and torture them. And that's the word that Matthew uses to describe what's going on in that boat. 
The disciples were experiencing a torturous experience on that sea. The waves were coming so hard that the boat, that they were coming over the sides of the boat. The men were afraid. They were fearful. I can imagine Andrew saying to to Peter, Peter, I told you we should have brought the 30-foot boat. You said the 14-foot one would be just fine. Now we're all going to die. There's one more phrase I always wanted to take note of. It says, it's the fourth watch of the night. Now, Roman culture broke up the the day into in, in the evening into four different watches. And the first watch was from 6 to 9 p.m. Everybody wanted that one, but only the guys with seniority got that. Then there was 9 p.m. to midnight. That was the second watch. And then the people of third rank got the watch from midnight to 3 a.m. And, and then the fourth watch was from 3 in the morning to 6 in the morning. Everybody hated that one because nobody was up. Nobody was around. And so the text tells us that our story takes place in the middle of the fourth watch. So it's like four or five in the morning. There's nobody out on the lake. And even if they would have had something like an emergency flare back in the first century, there was no one to see it. They were helpless. They were goners. And then it says in verse 25, Jesus went out to them. Jesus went out to them. And it reminds us of this principle that there is never, ever going to be a time where spiritually you are so far away from God that you are beyond hope. Now, maybe some of your friends or family members think that. But Jesus doesn't. Maybe you think that. But Jesus doesn't. You see, Jesus' outpost in this world It's the local church. And the church is a hospital. It's not a hall of fame. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is meant to be a place where we can come to be healed, to recover from the storms of life, to be built up, to be strengthened. Jesus is available right here. And he's come looking for you. And there's no better time than the present to reach out to him. Listen to this little reminder that the Apostle Paul gives us. He writes to the Corinthian church, but he writes to us as well. In 1 Corinthians 2, in verse 3, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God for just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives so also through Christ our comfort overflows and so the church is a comfort station a place designed by Jesus to point us toward his availability toward the power of his healing for the power of his grace. And if we want to live the best life possible, then we understand that we cannot drift so far that Jesus can't find us. We understand that Jesus is available and that he can be found through his church. And that leads us to our next truth. Jesus is available, and number two, then action 
is crucial. Action is crucial. Best life people, people who are living the best life possible, know that if you want to walk on the water, you have to get out of the boat. There's some action required of us. Let's look again at verse 25. During that fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And then the action takes place. Look what happens. Peter, you remember Peter. He's the guy that always sticks his foot in his mouth. Peter's always getting in trouble. And he says, Lord, Lord, if it's you out there, if that's really you, tell me to to come out to you on the water. What What a statement. And what does Jesus say? He says, Peter, come on out. Come on down. And so Peter got down out of the boat. And he walked on the water towards Jesus. That is an amazing, amazing encounter, isn't it? Now, I don't know about you, but for the longest time, every time I read this story, I always thought, you know, because at the end of the story, it says, to, you know, Jesus says to Peter, you of little faith. And so I always kind of thought that Peter was the loser in the story. But who really has the least amount of faith in this story? I read it wrong. Really, the people in the story who have the least amount of faith are those other 11 guys that are still sitting in the boat. You know, we look at Peter and we're like, oh, man, he blew it. But at least he got out of the boat. He took some action. And I want us to think of this story, looking at the story. One way to look at it is to see that boat as representing safety and security apart from God. You know, we all have some situation in our life that we think is safe. But in reality, it's safety apart from God. You see, we all have our own boat. We call our boats different things. We feel safe, and we call our boat something like work, or a career, or a relationship, or a hobby or a rut, or a habit, or an addiction. And it's in those areas that we kind of feel safe. That's our boat. We're comfortable where we are. But to get out of that boat means we have to take a risk. It means we have to change. It means we have to take some action. To take Jesus at his word when he says, come on out of the boat. I've got this. And so we might think about this. Maybe God is saying to you, when are you going to get out of your boat? It's not going to be any easier two months from now or two years from now or five years from now. And so get out of the boat. Come on out. God wants to do something great in our life. He wants you to have the best life possible now, no matter what stage of life you are in. But it requires us taking some action. We don't want to be the person that comes to the end of our life and we see the person that we could have been, but we never got out of the boat. We never followed our calling because we never got out of the boat. And so the question today is, are you willing? 
Are you willing to take some action and get out of the boat? Well, and then third, once we realize that Jesus is available and that action is crucial, we see this third truth, and that is that trust is essential. Trust is essential. Best life people understand that the only person that they can trust when the going gets tough is Jesus. Look at verse 31. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Isn't that a great picture? Just picture that for a moment. Jesus reaching into the water grabbing on to Peter's arm. And suddenly, Peter feels strength. He feels safety and security. And Jesus says, Peter, Peter, why'd you doubt? Why do we doubt? Why do we doubt? One big reason is that we often place our trust in the wrong person. Instead of trusting Jesus... We trust ourselves. We trust ourselves to fix the problem or to get out of the jam or to overcome the predicament. And when we trust ourselves, we're trusting the wrong person. On May 7th of 1915, the RMS Lusitania, a British ocean liner, was struck by a torpedo from a German submarine. The ship sank in a matter of moments, killing nearly 1,200 of the 2,000 people on board that ship. In her book, Lusitania, an epic tragedy, author Diane Preston records the observations of one of the passengers who survived. He was a man by the name of Charles Lariat. And he said, as the ship was sinking... And as I looked around to see who needed life jackets, I noticed that among the crowds now pouring onto the decks, nearly everyone who passed me by was wearing a life jacket, but had it on incorrectly. In his panic, one man had thrust one arm through an armhole and his head through the other armhole. Other people rushed past me wearing their life jackets upside down. It seems that no one had bothered to read the neat little signs around the ship telling people how to properly put on the life jackets. Mr. Lariat tried to help people, but he said that most people that he tried to help thought that he was trying to steal their life jacket from them, and they fled in terror. The author goes on and she says, Dead and drowning people were dotting the sea like seagulls. Many bodies were floating upside down because people had put their life jackets on the wrong way so that their heads were pushed under the water. It's quite a sobering story, isn't it? It reminds me that in the same way, How often do we flee in terror from the presence of God when he's trying to save our lives? He's saying, come on out of the boat. And we're cowering in fear in the back of the boat with our life jacket on the wrong way. 
How often do we ignore the signs in God's word and live our life with our jackets on upside down? The question we have to ask is, are we willing to navigate our life by the truth of God's word or not? Trust in Jesus and his way is essential. It's not a neutral issue. It's not an interesting discussion at a dinner party that has little relevance in our lives. This is a bottom line decision that impacts how we view the world and how we view the purpose of our life and how we shape our ethics and our morality and how we experience salvation and heaven or hell. And we can be like the masses rushing towards destruction in a panic, determined to do things their way, or we can get serious about our future. And we can put our trust in the only one who can calm the storm. And his name is Jesus. He's the only one that you can trust to be waiting on the water when you choose to get out of the boat. You know, God's way is not often the easiest. It's not often the most popular. But it is the one that yields results. When we fully trust him, we will find the confidence, the strength, and the ability to make it through even the most difficult storms. And so this morning, I ask you, what areas of life are you holding back from fully trusting Jesus? What can you do this week to release control and to get out of your boat? I want to suggest a a practical action that some of you could take this week. I want to invite you to join us this Tuesday between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. That's New Year's Eve here at the church building. It's a four-hour time slot, and you can drop by at any time in there. Our ministers and our elders are going to be here at the church building to talk with you, to talk with you about perhaps the greatest step of trust that you can take, and that is to be baptized into Jesus Christ. Or if you're already a baptized believer, you could come to talk with us about church membership, about getting out of your solo boat getting away from doing things on your own and coming into the boat that we're sailing together in that we call Garden Way Church. This is where we can love and support one another on this journey that Jesus has for us. So if you've not been baptized or you're not a member of this church, then I want to encourage you to come this Tuesday to learn more. Perhaps it's your first step out of the boat as Jesus waits for you. Let's pray together.